the thing about smokables is that you have a fast onset right. and that, that's the big benefit about smokables um you know you you absorb a lot of it and you absorb it quickly so right. if you're looking at especially the thc market and in the social setting potentially of cannab of cannabis you don't want to like eat a gummy and then an hour later you're too high and you're like oh my god iHemp Michigan is a member-based organization backing hemp farmers, seed cultivators, processors, manufacturers, and hemp businesses statewide. Our members are engaged in defining the path to success of industrial hemp from seed to sale and beyond. We are committed to empowering hemp farmers, fueling industry leaders, and educating consumers to ensure hemp flourishes in the Midwest. Our focus is influencing responsible and fair regulation, providing grower education, and enabling full access to the evolving marketplace. I have Michigan advocates for wellness in people and the planet through hemp, and it begins with the farmer. Now, on to our show. So this technology, how is it being offered up? Uh, how, how, how are you using it exactly? I guess I'm listening to you, all your scientific terms, but I can't say that I'm following everything you're saying. So can we break this down into more layman's terms? Uh, I'm sure there's other people in the audience that suffer from the same ignorance. So um, go ahead, uh, explain it a little bit more how this all plays out. Absolutely. So it's, um, you know, it just comes in a, right now we've really perfected the capsule um, format. So, um, you know, it looks just like a normal capsule. Uh, it, it comes in a powder form really. And then we can formulate that into further products. So um, capsules being one of them, uh, chocolates, we were talking about chocolates earlier. It works very well in chocolate. Yeah, I'll talk about it again here, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gummies um, works well in gummies. We we're looking into hard candies. It's, it's hard candies are made with a very, very high temperature. So um, it can degrade the um, call it a shell or the protective layer uh, that allows to you know be the camouflaging agent uh, in a well, sense. What is that like over like 180 or 212 like 212 degrees something like that that you don't want to go over? Um, so I mean, hard candies are like 400 degrees often. Is oh like yeah, a, so definitely. Uh, I, I know it's two something uh, where you really don't want to go over that temperature, right? Yeah, yeah, and you don't. Uh, you know, with things like CBDA, you really, you really need lower temperatures so that it that doesn't degrade. So, uh, depending on what you're formulating with, you know, you you need to consider heat as a part of that uh, process to make sure you're preserving you know, everything that you can. And you do offer some CBDA products, which is unusual. I haven't seen those before. We do. We've been a huge proponent of CBDA since really the beginning of of the whole cannabinoid movement. Um, The, you know, the second phase of the movement, I guess, you know, it was, was discovered long ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, CBDA is, is actually from the plant. It's, it's what is produced in the flower. Um, and actually all cannabinoids stem from CBGA, which is the mother cannabinoid. And CBGA converts uh, in the plant into CBDA and THCA and CBCA, and then variants of those forms. Um, and then once you, once you take that plant material, 
uh, either over heat, um, like through extraction methods or over time, those acid uh, compounds will fall off and they will convert into what's more commonly known as CBD or THCA converts into Delta 9 THC, uh, CBGA converts into CBG, CBCA converts, in, converts into CBC. Um, and then, you know, of course, over time with something like Delta 9 that can convert into CBN, which is, you know, coming on, on strong is a, a really good sleep aid. Uh, we recently actually made a, a really good product that's coming to market. It's our, our sleep formula and it's offered uh, for private label, white label. And it's also in our, our hemp mellow brand that uh, the, with the formula we're about to launch and called mellow dreams. And we use CBN in it and I used it uh, two nights ago. I took one of the capsules. It's a 25 milligram capsule uh, full spectrum. And I, completely slept through my alarm. Oh. I, I was supposed to get up at seven and I was supposed to be on the road by 7.45 or 7.30. And, you know, uh, the light kind of shined in and I was like, oh man, my alarm's going to be going off. And I looked at my phone and it was like the snooze thing was up and the stop <laughs> button was on. So it's like my alarm had been going off for so long. It just stopped making noise. Okay. You know? And I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get up. Oh my God. I totally slept through this. And it just like it didn't budge. I don't think I moved the entire time that I was sleeping. It just knocked me out. Oh. <laughs> so right. it definitely works. <laughs> so that, that was actually what I was gonna ask you is uh, I'm still pretty new to this whole cannabinoid stuff. I'm still experimenting with it. And I was gonna ask you for what does various things do and You've just described helping you sleep as one. What mm -hmm. other kind of benefits do you get from taking these various cannabinoids that you're creating here? Yeah. So uh, CBN, like I said, is a, is your, uh, you know, really powerful sleep aid. Um, THC, Delta 9, obviously everyone knows is the intoxicating cannabinoid. It also helps stimulate appetite. Uh, CBD really uh, more on the to avoid medical claim, I will say normal anxiety. <laughs> um, a yeah. lot of, obviously the FDA has um, approved CBD uh, Epidiolex as a pharmaceutical for epilepsy. Um, it also has, you know, there is a patent within the US Department of Health and Human Services that is creates cannabinoids as a whole as a neuroprotectant and an antioxidant. So, um, you know, they can have a, a lot of tremendous impact in the body. CBG has been, is being targeted for mood. Um, particularly there's a company that, you know, was formerly GW pharmaceuticals. They were acquired by jazz pharmaceuticals and they're who got, um, uh, Epidiolex approved and they have a patent on CBG for, uh, schizophrenia and depression. And so that is uh, being used as a target for, for those, um, you know, areas of concern. CBDA is actually a very potent um, anti-inflammatory. So it, it really can be considered uh, an NSAID, um, but doesn't necessarily have some of the same um, negative properties that uh, I believe ibuprofen really has had a hard time with over the last 20 years. Yeah, it hurts the liver ibuprofen. So yeah, yeah, definitely hurts the liver. And, and there's, there's a, I literally just read a paper on it, but my mind is not pulling it up right now, but there, there's a certain reason why CBDA um, 
has a, a little bit or is reported to have a, be safer um, for certain circumstances as, as an NSAID than something like uh, ibuprofen. Of course, a lot more research needs to be done on the topic, but it's considered a COX-2 inhibitor. So it, it binds, and again, I'm not a scientist, but it, um, you know, it really like prevent, kind of stops the inflammation from, from occurring uh, by inhibiting an enzyme um, that creates the inflammation in the body. So it can have a, it's got, uh, you know, great properties for inflammation. Um, it also is actually more bioavailable than CBD itself. Would it so, work in a topical? Yep. Yep. You can use it in a topical. So, um, cannabinoids have a, a hard time penetrating the skin. Um, they do interact though with the uh, receptor in the skin called TRPV1 or TRVP, PV, I think it's PV, um, which is like a, a pain, uh, receptor in a sense. And so it can interact with those uh, receptors in, in the skin, uh, certain cannabinoids penetrate the skin more than others do, um, I'm not going to tell you which ones, but uh, certain ones penetrate the skin better. Uh, which well, can well, I, started, I, I had a bunch of CBG le left over, so I infused some of that and put it in some of my craft salve that I make. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was thinking, it, is CBG, isn't that an antibacterial? Yeah, yeah. So it's been reported to be an antibacterial. Um, CBG has a lot of very interesting properties, and I think... Uh, I think it's going to be a major player in this space coming up. It also seems to have some benefit for focus. Um, it's a little bit energizing. I found, you know, I, I like to take it in the morning alongside CBD and CBDA. We actually have a, our overcome brand overcome every day. It's not, can't really see it in there. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's a formulation of CBD, CBDA and CBG. And so it, it, a lot of times, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of times um, CBD can really make people very tired. And so I, I think counterbalancing it with a CBDA and CBG can, can help uh, provide a little bit more stimulation. Um, so you, you're not just drowning out and falling asleep. We also, our, our Overcome Everyday formula also has a B complex in it and D3 um, as well as curcumin. So it's got a, a really good punch of other vitamins that, that help support, you know, energy and, and, uh, general well-being. Are your products available mm -hmm. in Michigan? Mm -hmm. They are available online, which is available in Michigan. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, we are working currently with a uh, distributor for our Hemp Mellow lineup. And um, we're talking with some different stores in, in Michigan markets and actually a couple of dispensaries for our Mellow Chocolate. Um, our Mellow Chocolate, actually, we've been able to, the Hemp Mellow line is maximized for THC. Mm -hmm. so, you know, of course, the, the limit is 0.3%. And so our capsules, we maximize, you know, when you look at our lab results, it's like 0.298% THC and they hold about a little over one and a half milligrams of THC per capsule. So it's like a, a micro dose of THC. It really helps with 
general relaxation and, and stress and, uh, and a lot of times with sleep. And uh, we've got a chocolate that actually is able to, we're able to squeeze in nine milligrams of uh, Delta 9 THC into the chocolate. So mm-hmm. we're looking at um, different Michigan dispensaries as a, as a potential avenue. Though I went to a Michigan dispensary recently and those chocolates are really cheap. So I don't know how successful we'll, we'll be. But... Well, you know, you pay for what you get now. Quality that's is true. That's true. So you could do a shameless plug here. Where would one find your website so that one could order it since it's not available in Michigan? So you, yep. you can send me money after the show. So I'll go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> Hipmellow.com uh, is one of the sites and then overcomeeveryday.com is another site. And if you can't remember either of those, just remember to think Kimpy thoughts. And Kimpy if you do that, thoughts. type that yeah. in, you can find find all the uh, things that I'm associated with. Okay. I'm interested in trying your, your end you talked about. I've had very good experience with other uh, CBN products for sleep. Yeah. Well, well, and Blaine's always thinking hempy thoughts. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we actually just encapsulated the mellow dreams uh, today. So they'll be available in the market in probably about 15 days. We've got to, got to take them through bottling and uh, all of our, uh, in contamination stages for testing like microbials and mycotoxins. But once those check out, then I'll uh, shoot you up a bottle if you send me your address. All right. And uh, we'll give you a shout out for sure. When that happens, let us know. So we'll be glad to do that. Yeah, I've yeah. tried those chocolates are awesome. Yeah, the chocolates are uh, <laughs> can be dangerous. There. <laughs> <laughs> dosage, Dave. Remember, it's all about dosage. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, with THC, I mean, uh, a lot of people, and I know me personally, it's like, it's so strong these days, you get these products and it's just like, oh my God, I take like one puff of this and I'm stoned out of my mind. Like I can't even move or, you know, I have a chocolate and I like, I only want to take a nibble of it because it's just so powerful. And the, the, you get that anxiety kind of from it, but the, the chocolates with the other cannabinoids that are kind of working against the THC in a sense, um, I think really help tame the high. So it's a much more calming sensation, but you're very relaxed and you're a little intoxicated, but you're not like overblown intoxicated where you're too high to function. Balance and focus. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, uh... Danny, um, have you, um, you've been doing this for a little while. So have you seen, consumer demand change as far as the delivery method. And what I mean by that is, you know, gummies or or liquid form or. Yeah. I mean, you know, first coming to market, everyone did oils because that's what, that's what manufacturers could make. There weren't major, you know, manufacturing facilities that do capsules or would make gummies or would make chocolates or whatever. Um, Oils are, are fairly straightforward. They're the easiest formula you could make. Um, there's not a lot to it, easy to bottle. Um, so that was like what everybody went to market with first. And now it's been gummies. I mean, people are crazy about gummies and, you know, they're, they're good, I think in some sense, but they have their challenges because, you know, they're sugar. Not everyone wants to eat sugar before they go to bed or when they wake up in the morning, you know, that some people are diabetic, they can't have them. Um, capsules, you know, we've, we've had challenges with capsules just because people are 
on one hand, they're so used to taking them, but on the other hand, because they take so many, maybe they don't want to take more, you know, um, chocolate all, all definitely has melt issues. So it makes it a little bit more challenging to travel with. Um, but demand is, has definitely shifted in favor of gummies over oils. Um, I think it just depends on the, the user though, you know, the consumer really, um, I think will stick within like the gummy, the traditional supplement format, you know, gummies and capsules have been the market of choice for, for supplements, um, you know, for some time now and oils are like a, you know, tertiary kind of, uh, role in that, in that space. And, you know, they're kind of annoying. They, they spill, they're awkward. They're not, um, really concealable. Um, and then obviously smokables, you know, people are, oh, that will always be a thing. However, I, I don't know. Um, well, we've been uh, looking at some studies that a lot of people want to, shall we say, imbibe, but they don't necessarily want to smoke. Um, and it seems to be more women than men would prefer uh, consuming, say, an infused wine, which is, we just had somebody on our show where they're bringing infused wine in from California, or at least California folks are going to be here to bottle it, uh, or gummies or chocolates or whatever versus smoking. And I would never call myself an athlete, but I work out and I bike and all that. So I'm, I, I, as these guys will tell you, I do occasionally smoke, but it's not my first choice, you know? Right. Um, so well, and that, that's, yeah, you're seeing a lot of people saying, well, I don't really want to smoke, but I still want to get the THC or the CBD. So I think edibles and that whole line is starting to get real popular. Yeah, you just yeah have- definitely. I mean, uh, the thing about smokables is that you have a fast onset and and that's the big benefit about smokables. Um, you know, you, you absorb a lot of it and you absorb it quickly. So if you're looking at, especially the THC market and in the social setting potentially of of cannabis, you don't want to like eat a gummy and then an hour later you're too high and you're like, Oh my God, this took Sounds too like something's happened to be a party. Yes, you you know, now, so. I, now I got to go home. You know, I'm in a corner kind of thing. That's yeah. it. So hair and drool, you know, so yeah, that's, that's exactly. not a, that wasn't the effect I was looking for. Right. Know, so <laughs> so it's, there's definitely a lot of innovations happening right now in the space of trying to deliver the fast onset uh, trying to deliver fast onset, fast offset or fast onset longevity. Um, I think it really depends, ultimately depends on the, you know, the consumer. Some people want, I think in general for THC and even for CBD, most people will want, I want this to take effect as soon as possible, whether I'm trying to get stoned or I'm trying to help my, um, you know, my pain levels or whatever it might be. And, then kind of the how long it lasts, I think, depends on your your um, what you're doing and and things like that. Obviously, people who want something for pain want it to last as long as it can. But right. people who maybe want a uh, intoxicating sensation, then it's more about okay, let's have a faster offset so that maybe I can go and you know go to work or I can go do this or that or or go drive somewhere or whatever it might be. Uh-huh. Blaine, I think you're muted. Thank you. I was. 
Um, and with all the products you've been putting out and everything, how is your, have you had any interaction with FDA or USDA or any other A agencies um, with putting out your products? Have, have you had any issues with that? No, you know, the FDA, unless you're making pretty bad uh, medical claims, the FDA, I don't think really has time to deal with everything, uh, okay. given the state of, of the, uh, you know, the world right now with COVID. Um, you know, there, there's been, the FDA has come out several times with warning claims. They continuously say that CBD is not a supplement, that the products are illegal, you know, this, that, and the other. They, but, you know, they've not, the, the cat's out of the bag. They can't possibly bring it back in. Um, what we have done is gone through the Novel Food Act application process with the United Kingdom. So um, their FDA is called FSA. And they created a regulatory pathway for CBD products as a novel, what they call a novel food. And so with that, you have to go through a very lengthy, lengthy process. Uh, you were supposed to submit everything. If you wanted to get approved, you were supposed to submit everything by last February. Um, and so we submitted everything. We're, we're still in that approval process right now. It, it's taken them a very long time. Um, 800 products were submitted to the program. And I think uh, I heard today there's like a hundred of them left. So everybody else has been kicked out. Uh, so we're one of the, one of the remaining. You haven't gotten kicked out yet. Knock on wood. We won't. Um, we're hoping that we'll get approval here soon. But uh, so we have gone through that process and uh, the, the FDA really needs to do that same thing for, uh, for hemp products. Um, they have a, the pathway already uh, semi-established called the new dietary ingredient pathway. But the, there is some like weird kind of, it was never codified drama around it uh, with the supplement space and the FDA, but the, because CBD was considered a pharmaceutical prior to anyone, you know, coming to market with it, the FDA continues to just stand behind that. This is a pharmaceutical. You can't submit a new dietary ingredient. For instance, uh, CW Hemp and Irwin Naturals both submitted for new dietary ingredient applications last fall sometime, and they were both denied on the premise that uh, the FDA said this is a pharmaceutical. It's not a dietary supplement. So, you know, I think there's also some data that they needed to submit. Uh, maybe I, I'm not too sure, but, you know, until the, until the, I think they have funding to really make it a focus and COVID's not like a center point of, of everything they'll, and they have some ideally like, um, you know, push from Congress then we'll be able to, you know, really step forward. The, the thing that they seem to be missing um, or wanting more data on is reproductive toxicity and uh, was part of the food safety, the Novel Food Act. Um, some data, we, we go through toxicity studies. So ideally that data will be able to support the FDA's uh, concerns there, but, you know, we, we don't really know um, until I think they are okay with making a swim lane for 
isolates, you know, CBD isolate at X concentration, because that's what was approved versus, you know, hemp at hemp products or cannabinoids at these concentrations, because there's a big difference between pharmaceutical and the Epidiolex concentration per serving is 1500 milligrams per serving. Whoa. That's an entire milligrams of CBD. Yeah. Hundred milligrams of CBD. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I I need to fact check that. Yeah, but, but uh, I haven't looked at it in like uh, years. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's comparing a whole bottle that's a supplement, you know, that somebody takes over 30 days to a concentration that's taken in one sitting. Yeah. Um, so it's completely different, and and that's something that you know the Epidiolex was approved initially in the United Kingdom. And so they have, you know, allowed that space for the pharmaceutical uh, to thrive. And now they're allowing a space for the supplement to thrive. And they have a limit of, um, of 70 milligrams per day as a maximum daily use for CBD as a supplement. And until they get more data, they may end up raising or lowering that limit. But that's something that the FDA is really looking towards as well as, you know, what is a safe, allowable use of these products. I mean, clearly they know that CBD as a sole ingredient, as an isolated ingredient, according to the World Health Organization is, you know, is very uh, safe. But what about full spectrum products? What about, you know, products that have all of these other cannabinoids in it? There's not that that safety data doesn't correlate directly because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hemp products on the market right now that are creating intoxication and it's, you know, formulation, um, mastering, um, in order to get to those levels, but there, you know, that creates an issue in the market, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that needs to be clarified or, or structured, um, better for us to, to really move forward. And once the FDA, I think comes out with more feedback and creates that regulatory framework, we'll, we'll start seeing CBD just boom again. I mean, you know, it was in that boom prior to COVID and was growing too fast really. Um, and I think that once the FDA comes out and says something, that's when we'll see the big box stores start selling it under their own, you know, simple truth, organic brand or, or whatever, you know, the Kroger's and Walmart's in the world want to, want to put it under. All right. Well, we, we want to pick your brain about COVID, but before we do that, we have to take a quick break to thank our sponsor and do a little bit of news. We'll be right back with those questions. But first, uh, we want to thank, uh, the mid 2022 Midwest IHEMP Expo would be held at the Lansing Center in Lansing, Michigan, May 20th and 21st. And Blaine, you have a little bit of news about that to share, don't you? I do. We're really excited this year. Um, we've always felt along that, that we wanted to bring some other partners in with this. And we're going to have a partner with ASA, Americans for Safe Access. Uh, this year, they're going to be putting on a whole series of different speaking events and speakers coming in. Um, One of the big ones they're going to have is about expungement. Um, So that's certainly a big thing, especially for um, the um, the THC side of the house. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. And through those that have had, you know, the experience with our 
government agency, um, unfortunately, and then here's a way for them to get expunged and be able to, to get that off of there. So uh, we're really excited to bring them in on this. Uh, they're going to have some classes that they're going to have on Thursday, as well as we're having our class on how to get certified with the U.S. Hemp Authority H seal uh, that they have, you see products with that on. So we're doing that on Thursday. Um, and then, of course, that'll be set up for the exhibitors. Uh, there will be an all-access pass. That we'll have up and we'll have all this stuff on the site hopefully by the end of the end of this month all access passes are available now yeah thank you dave we just have to get the agenda up so we're, yeah. we're working on that filling in the filling in the cracks but it's yeah. going to be awesome so we'll have that we always do a good it's a great educational experience so we're looking forward to doing that again that's going to be may 20th and 21st and then friday night of course will be the big party night um with the happy awards so if you're making anything hemp um, with hemp products, um, wood, fiber, clothing, CBDA tablets, hint, hint. A, uh, chocolate, Mellow, CBD Mellow, stuff, Mellow, you know, Mellow. Hey, what the heck, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so any and, of that. and you're inviting, you're inviting my side of the house to join you. The THC crowd, right? Yes. We are, I know yeah. you were talking to Jamie Cooper from yep. Sensi magazine. I don't know if you worked a deal out with her yet, but. Yeah, we're, we're all good. That's why we connected up with Americans for Safe Access. You know, we're focused on the whole plant and education. So, um, yep. and, and, and American Safe Access is really on the medical side more than the recreational side. But we're certainly looking forward for all of them coming in and, and expanding the knowledge that we have on all this uh, for sure. Mike, anything news you want to share a little bit? I do. Yes, indeed. I teased it at the beginning of the January adult use sales numbers are out and they're down about 9% from December, but the good news are up 41% from the same January a year before. Wow. So 152.6 million in January adult use sales. Uh, right now, the medical sales are really dropping off. They're down 32% and adult use sales uh, increased 85%. So everyone's shifting from medical to adult use. Uh, other kind of quickies here that uh, flower sales represented 57% of the market mm -hmm. and the price of a pound of uh, these intoxicating plant is now fallen to $2,443 down 17% from December, but 53% from a year ago. Mm -hmm. So a lot of competitions coming in prices are falling, you know, supply and demand that old economic stuff, you know, um, also, I wanted to mention that, uh, well, we, we put a little treat of our own in uh, this today's newsletter that went out. Uh, and uh, I don't know this lady personally, Lily Mishi, but she offers up a really interesting chocolate THC laced edible that you could prepare for your Valentine on Monday. And uh, we don't usually do recipes. That's more of a Blaine thing. I don't have a hat to wear or anything, uh, but the whole ingredients are there at mimarijuanareport.com. If you want to check it out, looks pretty easy to make. And according to her, I don't know if I want to read the graphic information she provided, but it makes you more passionate, thoughtful and creative. OK, well, that works for me. Right. So um, then finally, I wanted to mention that uh, we had a story for come out of Europe and uh, over it turns out in Europe, there's a huge demand for hemp heard in Europe because uh, everyone is beginning to look at it very closely for building materials. And gosh, we've discussed that many times before. I see you pulled it up there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
her, her little statement at the top i was going to repeat but i thought nah better not I'll let people read that um so uh but uh she swears by this and says that for your Valentine, they're going to really like it. You'll like it too. But anyway, getting back to the herd, um, as we know, the building materials is going to be a real key area for hemp moving forward. Still have a lot of things to work out. Um, but uh, Europe is ahead of us and everyone's taking a look at what they're doing over there and hoping that we can replicate it here in the U.S. of A. So I know that would uh, make a lot of our farmers happy. And again, we've had building materials discussed on this show many times, even discussed it on my show and uh, i think that would be something that a lot of farmers who aren't into hemp right now would be interested in getting into if we can kind of develop that market yeah we really need a mobile decorticator if anybody yeah. out there has a few hundred thousand to spend to get this thing yeah, we just knew somebody that was looking at that dave you know yeah, so uh, it with other people's yes, money do, yes. yeah <laughs> So uh, let's see, I'll, I'll just throw, throw a couple things in here. And one of the things I want to talk about news is a topic that we've talked with Annie about before is about raising that THC limit that we have. So, but I gave you a little uh, teaser about uh, the like to luge uh, earlier. So um, uh, Green Canada, Canada Greenfield Technologies, if you've heard them before, they have the hemp train. Um, I think they've been sold to another company now, but anyways, they sent more than, it's going to be a math problem, and I know Mike knows the answer already, but they sent more than 27,000 kilograms of its hemp fibers to China, China for the construction of the track, for the luge and the bobsled track. So uh, in a little bit, we'll give you the answer to how many pounds that is. Uh, it's been a bit of a wait, but hemp processing te technologies companies, Canadian Greenfield Technologies, can enjoy the Beijing Winter Olympics knowing that its N-Force fiber product is lining parts of the luge at bobsled tracks in China. Oh. So as you're watching that and you're rooting on your favorite, your favorite Olympian there for doing that. Will the uh, Jamaicans still be able to get down there okay? I would think so. <laughs> They'll want to smoke it. That's the, the thing. Jamaican you know, so. team, that it's, is kind so cool. it's kind of encapsulated. So I think, yeah, oh, okay. Rats, huh? Well, the bank yeah. wants to know. No, no, we won't get into that. No, we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah right. The bank um, wants to know if, how much THC, <laughs> how much THC is in that ramp. Yeah. Oh, the company notes on his website the product has been proven for far superior performance to plastics and glass fiber and concrete. Performance is driving its demand, successfully replacing plastic and glass fiberglass in high-value concrete construction and most shortcrete projects that require higher concentration and in integrity. So, uh, just a great news there. Again, That's so cool. Um, so, uh, so cool on that. Uh, also, another little note here, if, uh, and this is for all the farmers out there. Anyway, uh, if you go to uh, one of your tr tractor supply stores, you might see this. Um, Tractor Supply Stores have launched their the Hemp Brand Builders, Midwest Hemp Council members, end cap of CBD products. Huh. Um, so you can stop in and ask them about it to see it. Now, it's not in every uh, Tractor Supply Store, um, but we do have, I think, nine of them. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I saw Clio's on the list. I have friends up there. I'm going to text them and have them take a picture. Yep, there's 13 different, uh, different stores right now that have it. Clio's certainly one of them, Dave. I have two stores that are near me. And neither of them carry it right now. But as I travel around, because um, I get to Pawpaw every once in a while, and, and certainly uh, Greenville and some other places, I'm going to stop in and take a look at it and talk to them about it so we can uh, get them to carry a lot of hemp products. And that includes hemp bedding and other things that are going to come available. Hemp, hemp. And I think those Darren hemp Frisbees would sell well at Tractor Supplies, you know, don't you think? 
Yeah, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's pretty interesting that came out this week, and this is what I wanted to talk about, and I think we'll get back into, into Annie. Um, so, uh, Congresswoman Peregrines, if I'm saying Peregrines, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right or not, but introduced the Hemp Advancement Act. This will raise the allowable THC threshold from hemp to make the rules more workable for growers and processors while ensuring that final hemp products sold to consumers aren't intoxicating. And we noted a few, if you look back a few times, we had James D. Decker and Phil Abedian. They talked about the testing that they did and that if we could raise this up to 1%, 95% of the products that, that they tested would be below that amount. So they wouldn't go hot is what I'm talking about. But I know Annie and well, we've talked about that. Um, and Annie has a very good point too. And I think Annie, you were saying that really, um, really what you do is worry about the end product more than the field. Who cares about what the field goes to? It's really what goes to the farmer or to the consumer, I should say so. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, because what they're doing is, is they're right that the bill pushes it up to 1%, but it keeps it at 0.3% at the finished product. And if you bring it up to 1% and farmers can, you know, start creeping up to that 1% threshold, it makes it a lot more difficult to actually formulate the products down below 0.3%. And so it, it can cause some uh, formulary issues down the road. And especially if, you know, some states are, are coming on kind of trying to segregate THC levels that are found in hemp products. Oregon, for instance, recently came out with a regulatory change that allows hemp products with certain, certain levels of THC can be sold anywhere. And then um, kind of a, a max level to another I think it's two milligrams per serving or something like that can only be sold 21 and up, but can be sold in, you know, anywhere you just have to say that you're 21 and then anything over two milligrams has to be sold in a dispensary. So it's kind of this on one end of the spectrum on the, on the farm end, we're leading, you know, pushing up to 1%. And then on the consumer side, we're saying, Oh, we don't want THC in the product. So it's, di you know, really diverging the, uh, the supply chain with, with the regulatory changes. Now I understand why, you know, it's important for farmers to be able to have that flexibility, but I think it's also important for the farmers to understand that just because you can go up to 1% potentially with this change doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. <laughs> think that'll drive command demand like a so if a supplier wants a certain percentage they want below three percent they may want a certain variety or kind or coa that shows mm -hmm. us that's below that probably yeah definitely and you know i the way that the united states goes with drug policy usually is the way that or at least historically has been the way that the rest of the world goes but uh the right now you know, 0.3%, you, you can export to various countries, but up until more recently, you know, you, you couldn't uh, export them to the United Kingdom or to Europe because they had a, a threshold of 0.2%. Mm. And so, you know, that's an issue. So if we now go up to 1%, you know, Mexico is pushing 1% and some of these other nations are, but it, it, in Switzerland, um, but it creates an issue of, of trade, uh, which, which can be problematic. 
But well, the, market, the, uh, the market will fix that, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. isn't the, the the figure arbitrary anyway? I, I, what was it, the DEA? It came up with 0.03? Or, 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 well, what is the history DEA, of that? It was, it, was a, it was a researcher in Canada that came up, and he noticed that at a certain point, there was more deviation, basically, in the test that they were going to make it very simple here. but um, And so that's how that number got picked, kind of. Hmm. I've said that correctly, but... Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard about that that study in Canada. There's also, I've found in my archival research, a really interesting paper that talks about what are called the bracteals of the plant. Um, this was like back in the, I don't know, 40s maybe. And they were measuring the intoxicating uh, aspect uh, that's found in the bracteals of the plant. And they had found that the weight of the bracteals was 0.3% or three tenths of 1% is how they actually wrote it out. And um, with that, you know, the bracteals is when, when you're growing it for seed, that's like what, what covers the seed and that's where all the cannabinoids are. And so they had kind of figured out that those bracteals, that three tenths of 1% of those bracteals contained an, an intoxicating amount. And um, that actually could be where it very initially spawned from. Either that or it was a complete coincidence. I don't know. Yeah. Well, interesting stories for sure. But they're very, very little scientific that I know of that says where that level of intoxication is for people. Yeah. I mean, in reality, it's everybody's different. You know, my I could get intoxicated off of one milligram. You could get intoxicated off of 20. Yeah. You know, it's metabolism it's tolerance it's it's a whole lot of uh different different super complex uh you know physiology in the body um and i, I don't okay. think they're ever gonna find a magic number dave was asking the question too so let's talk about the cbda and all the excitement that came about that a few weeks ago yeah, so there was a study that was released um, about three weeks ago now, which I think is super fascinating the way that, that things catch fire, uh, because that the study came out, the New York Times picked it up, or, or Forbes picked it up, and then that day, like, 30 people were, you know, everybody was texting me, oh, did you see this study? I'm like, yeah, oh my God, I've seen it like 17 times now. <laughs> but the study showcased that they had looked at um, some researchers out of Oregon had looked at um, CBDA. So they actually looked at a, a lot of different cannabinoids and they found that CBDA, CBGA, and THCA actually were, um, were, had an affinity to a, to the spike protein that's found in uh, COVID. They only tested the original variant, so the alpha variant and the beta variant. I don't think they tested Delta and they didn't test Omicron, but with the study, they found that it, it had affinity to these spike proteins, which are the little, um, you know, if you look at the COVID virus, it's the little- um, it Suction cups on, on, on the golf ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the antennas. <laughs> and uh, and so it, those are the spike proteins. So it, it has an affinity towards those and um, it blocks the ACE2 receptors. There's a lot of uh, drugs on the market like hepatitis C and, and uh, I think the AIDS uh, virus, which also is an envelope virus um, that you know, they're, they've, they're created to block the receptor that the virus tries to attach to. So it's been used as a, as an appropriate mechanism for, 
um, for viruses in the past. And this research, while it was not done on humans, um, showcased that it that CBDA and in particular CBGA were able to uh, block attached to the, or have an affinity towards that spike protein and block replication within um, within you know their their system uh, that they had created, which was like a pseudo human, I guess. And uh, super fascinating research. The what I thought was so interesting about it is that. Back in November, I, I went to this pharmaceutical conference um, for cannabinoids, and and one of the speakers was talking about research that she had done back in like March on the subject, and it showcased the same thing. But she didn't test the acid form; she just looked at CBD, THC, and CBG, and um, she found that CBD, you know, it, it blocked the ACE two receptor, and so it was, you know, could be used as a uh, potential preventative care or, or, um, or the like. And I think actually she might've looked actually at CBDA because, um, it was being targeted to reduce cytokine storms, which is creating like all the inflammation and making people super sick because your body starts to overreact and then gets in like hyperdrive and, and, uh, you know, it was creating even, even larger problems. And so she had, discovered that like a year before this other research had come out, but no one ever talked about it. You know, there, there was no news about it. It was, it was nowhere to be found. It was just like, and then all of a sudden this so other article was a year later. And it's like, well, yeah, duh. this is, this is old news, <laughs> but uh, you know, that one caught fire. So uh, you know, everybody's then I, I had heard all of these, you know, being a, a, in the formulation space, we have been formulating with CBDA and CBGA, you know, long before this had come out. We, um, one of my business partners and I had actually had, uh, with with CBGA being the mother cannabinoid, it was like, oh, this has got to be like the cannabinoid, you know. I bet it's like the holy grail. What are we going to use with this? You know, we were just like putting it with CBDA as as the two and taking them every day and stuff. And it's like, and then the research comes out and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's could possibly solve a major problem in the world. Um, now, of course, like a lot more research needs to be done on this subject. It was, this was one incidence in, in a controlled environment. Um, they, you know, it's not being touted as, you know, a cure-all or anything like that. It, the paper actually specifically points out the first line of the paper is, you know, when used in conjunction with, um, as a complement to vaccines, um, is actually the, the, the verbatim, um, words, but, uh, you know, it's not to be really considered as a, um, you know, a cure-all or anything like that. And a lot more research needs to be done on it. Well, have you taken your CBD yet today? Well, yeah. I take it every day, take it every morning, take it every night. We should all um, take our CBD every day. Yeah. I, I will say though, I, I don't think that CBD works against Omicron. Um, so there was the, this first researcher that did the, that did her, um, the research out of the Chicago Institute, um, she actually did a correlation study as well. And she looked at different populations of people who, uh, specifically were taking the pharmaceutical epidiolex and looked at those different subsets of people and, um, compared those subsets to people who, um, you know, had similar uh, environments, but 
looked at if they got COVID or they didn't get COVID. And the yeah. people that were taking Epidiolex had a very, uh, a much lower uh, potential rate of, of um, infection than people that weren't taking CBD. Now, I would say just in my personal life, you know, going to since 2020, the hemp industry, you know, really stopped, but people were still going to events. People were still doing a lot of things. I think it was a little bit less, uh, people were less freaked out of the people that are in this industry for some reason, but a, a lot of, you know, friends and colleagues in the space weren't getting COVID. They, you know, we'd go out, we'd see people, we'd, you know, be, and I, me personally, I was uh, exposed several times. I never got it. Um, and then at the end of this year, when the Omicron virus really started coming in hot, I got COVID. Uh, my boyfriend got COVID. Like 10 different colleagues I know all got COVID. And it's like, okay, I don't know if CBD, it was probably working for the, the originals, but I don't think it's working for this one because there's been a, uh, a really high rate of infection now among, you know, a lot of people that I work with that all take CBD and hadn't gotten it. And now they've all gotten it. So um, super interesting research. I think it can be uh, very helpful for, you know, what, what is to come. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't lean on it as, you know, your cure-all of, uh, you know, COVID killer kind of thing. <laughs> No, but you really should take your CBD every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beyond the, beyond the COVID aspect of it, you know. It, and what it's CBD brand should we be taking? I'm, I'm well, going to pronounce it softball again. Go ahead. You know, so. You should definitely check out Overcome Every Day and HempMellow.com and Anavi Market. Um, all three of those, those um, websites have really quality products. Uh, in particular, the... Uh, uh, hemp mellow and overcome every day both have the unique delivery system naturia behind them that improves absorption in the body and then uh, anavi market has a lot of different brands on it but the we've recently launched anavi um, branded products so we've got a relief product um, that's already on the site that's a cbda product and then we're coming out with an energy capsule as well as a stress relief capsule so those will be available in about uh, three weeks or so as well. Awesome. And where can people find you again, Annie? Thinkhimpythoughts.com. Beautiful. Think happy thoughts. Blaine Beck told, I'm told that we have a recipe suitable for a Super Bowl party. Is that true? I don't know. This was yeah. kind of cool, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the chocolates. It's probably <laughs> yeah. not the Super Bowl party chocolates, thing, you know, but you want the passion and all that stuff, right? You know, so. I like this, uh, these names too, the puppy show, peanut butter brownies. Thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm telling, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, making a batch of that, just see what the heck, you know. I was so. gonna make some, uh, some of my CBD balls. I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> You're award winning. Yeah, I might have an award here somewhere. We're coming up with a new Hempy Award. You're going to want to enter the Hempies, Annie. It's a, yeah. Oh, sure. Well, then, matter of fact, Annie, I hope you're still, uh, you know, we moved the date. And I hope yes. you still have your, you can still come join us in May. That's the 20th and 21st because we have you on a panel for women in help. So, oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, and we know. guarantee the weather will be nice in Michigan at the end of May. So, that is true. <laughs> I, I believe you this time. <laughs> right, right now, not so much. But I mean, uh, uh, 
Well, uh, we all guaranteed 68, 70 degrees indoor. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it didn't matter if it was January or then. I'm still going to guarantee that same thing. So Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. Uh, just a couple quick things before we get into the recipe. Um, so I did mention about uh, employment. If you're looking for work, uh, the USDA Farm Agency um, is hiring in five different locations. They're looking for program technicians. Uh, Barron Springs, Coldwater, Jackson, Mount Pleasant, and Saginaw, uh, where they're looking to fill positions. Um, so if you're looking for that, uh, we'll try to get it up on the website. You can just go to USDA Jobs or just do a search for USDA Jobs in Michigan, and, and then you'll be able to fill. The applications need to be in um, by the 23rd of February for that particular, those positions. So, And then uh, Food Chain ID, one of our partners, is going to be helping us um, at the uh, expo. And we're going to be putting on that class. They're having a, an interesting webinar they're having. What's driving consumer demand for organic food and beverage products? And this is going to be on Thursday, the 17th at 2 p.m. That's when that's going to be. So if you're thinking about doing a, a, a beverage product, uh, organic, um, maybe a good one to, to listen to and get some information on that. With that being done and set, um, Mike, anything you want to add before we get into the recipe for next week? We got talking on the show or... Still getting that set up uh, for next week. Uh, we just had uh, Fabio Rodi on the show yesterday, and uh, I, I wasn't really sure what he was up to, but after we put him through the the, the uh, grilling, uh, he, he's doing a lot of stuff. And uh, he's he's going to come up with a system for hemp farmers where they'll plant the farm, the, the, the hemp. They'll harvest the hemp for you. Of course, then you have to do all the maintenance in between. And they'll even uh, dry it and process it and give you the oils. And he's got a whole thing going. And then uh, the other thing he's going to do, I wasn't aware of, that he's going to go retail as well. He's going to have some retail outlets. So uh, he's Mike, a where, busy where, lad. Where can, where can people find that podcast if they want to watch that podcast? Uh, you can actually just go to mimarijuanareport.com. We have a link there. And you can watch the whole thing. You can also get your recipe for the, your Valentine's Day uh, edibles. Now, I know Dave and Blaine are probably going to check that one out. So, uh, but uh, it's there. Just scroll down a little bit and uh, put my glasses on so I can actually read it. Uh, oh, yeah, we got Annie there. Uh, okay, keep going a little bit more. And, well, I'll get read a little more down. It's uh, We had a lot of stuff that came in at the last minute. Uh, right there. Yeah, lower, uh, that one says right lower there. hemp costs. Yep oils and whatnot right so the link is there so you can watch the show uh, at your leisure but uh, very informative i didn't realize all the stuff he was getting into and, and what he was bringing to the party here in michigan and a lot of it's really good he doesn't really do so much in the cannabis space but certainly in the hemp space so if you want to find out what this guy it's kind of like i was saying to him it's kind of like being a sharecropper kind of thing and he goes well i wouldn't go like that but it, but it's something along those lines so if folks want to get into the hemp space and want to have somebody do all the heavy lifting for them, that's what he's going to provide. Exciting. That's what we need. All right. And uh, next week's show, uh, this will be on the 17th. We have Jeff Kushert from, um, well, it used to be HGIC. Now they've merged. He's going to tell us all about that and tell us about some of the new varieties they're coming out with and uh, give everybody tips on how to grow this for grain and fiber, which is where we know that this is going to as well. So mm -hmm. we'll look for that. So, uh, Dave, anything else I'm missing? Or forgot? No, 
Okay, well then let's get into this then. This is a guacamole dip for, again, any party that you might be having uh, coming up. And there may be a big one coming up this weekend for some people. Now for me, because I used to be a government employee, of course, on February 21st, remember all your post offices are going to be closed because that's President's Day. So, you know, we would do this for President's Day. That would be our big party that we would have. But anyway, I digress. So there's a couple of parties coming up, uh, certainly. And then, of course, um, there's a little thing that happens in March that's kind of exciting. So this could be used for that. Uh, you know how I am. I'm a pretty uh, pretty simple guy. Um, I don't even think this takes 30 minutes to really make, but it says 30 minutes on there. And we want to give credit where credit is due here. This is from the Hemp Nut Cookbook is where we got this from. Um, but it's a large, two large ripe avocados, uh, some fresh lime or lime juice, medium tomatoes, uh, some onions, and garlic, and of course the ever important hemp uh, shelled hemp seed, which makes it a very good and um, a nutritious product as well. A little salt, a little cilantro or chili powder, if you like that too. You can make it any way you want, but main thing is make sure you throw in the hemp parts because that's one of the big things. So we've still been trying to work on the um, on the smell of vision and the uh, taste of vision. We haven't quite got to that yet, but I'm going to show everybody a little. Uh, Here, hold on, I got a spotlight. You okay? There we he's go. Got a, he's got to talk. There you go. Talk. There, yeah, and uh, so yep. Yeah, so this is the um, so a wonderful little dish to go uh, for the for any any party you may have coming up. Um, hope your favorite team wins in the Super Bowl. Myself, I, I guess now are, are you going to have that with your pizza tonight to celebrate your wife's birthday? Uh, no, we probably won't have that. But Mike, that you mentioned that uh, we might have some, and this would go good with this product too. Is the Unplugged Rockstar? Any of you had any of this yet? No, I haven't. Uh, this is this is awesome. This just came out last Thursday. So Thursday I ordered it on Amazon, where it came from. It's twenty dollars a case or something like that, um, and um, I delivered on Sunday for twelve. Uh, and for twelve of them, and the twelve ounces, and this one happens to be raspberry cucumber. Mm. This one happens to be passion fruit, mm. and then they have the uh, blueberry as well. Wow. And uh, I can't really do a lot of the energy drinks. They kind of tear up my system like the, like the Rockstar original and uh, Monster drinks or any of those. They just tear up my system. But this does have 80 milligrams of caffeine in it. So it's not like it doesn't have a little kick to it. Um, and I'm going to be ordering more of these. And I'm going to hopefully we're going to get them to maybe be a little sponsor for the uh, expo as well. So, so this uh, one you can drink okay, as you're saying? Yeah, I have no problem with this. Okay. It's uh, very good. Um, the, the one that tastes the most original, um, you know, raspberry cucumber is pretty, pretty, pretty mellow. Passion fruit is pretty good too, but the blueberry, well, it does taste pretty much like blueberry. Hmm. Kind of like a fago pop. Yep. And what, does it have CBD in it or what is it? No, 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 no it does not. It just, it just has, it has hemp seed oil in it is what it has. Oh, okay. As well as other ingredients, obviously, but it's sure. zero sugar. Um, but no, no CBD. And that's why they went into this market, I'm sure, because remember, that until FDA comes out and says, yeah, okay, it's all right to do it. You know, does a company really want to come out like this big company and put a CBD in it yet? But mm -hmm. that'll be the next thing, right? Hemp seed to CBD is what will be next. But yep. it's pretty good. Again, you can order on Amazon, 20 bucks, get you 12, uh, 12 cans of it, and uh, deliver it right to your door. Free. If you're an Amazon Prime member. Wow. Now we just got to have Annie bottle it up with the, her CBD products and then we'd have the whole thing covered, right? So, yeah. yeah. 
So Annie, thank you very much um, for thank being you. on the show today. You're always uh, always a welcome guest, and you always have such great information to share with everybody. We really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah thanks for having Annie me. in May at the uh, Midwest iHemp Expo. Absolutely. Annie will sign uh, whatever you want in person, I guess. <laughs> Bring your own Sharpie, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Annie. Great to see you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Peace and love. All right. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the IHEMP Michigan podcast. Have a question, comment, or suggestion? Email Dave at IHEMPMichigan.com.